Vedic astrology, Jyotisha, is called the eye of the Veda, of the totality of knowledge. Jyotisha is one of the six Vedangas. What are the Vedangas? The Vedangas are the application of the Veda, applied sciences, uh, of which they are um, grammar, etymology, the roots of words, uh, ritual performance, um, pronunciation, meter, all of these kinds of uh, applications of the Vedas. The eye, the, the head limb of this unified being of Veda, of totality of knowledge, that which sees is Jyotisha, Sakshat, that which speaks from the witness state through the medium of intuitive understanding or awareness, which is Jyoti. So this is becoming the witness, the most important part, um, I think, of, of approaching the reading of the Vedic chart and um, the entryway to the, to the study of Jyotisha. So how to read your Vedic birth chart, part two. Now, this is a big subject. Um, I'm just going to give you a kind of snapshot of how the Vedic zodiac is conceived. Because it's, it's even though it can get very technical very quickly, and can start to make us glaze over, there are certain parts of understanding how the Vedic zodiac is conceived to fully appreciating your Vedic birth chart as a, a snapshot or a way of mapping your soul to this um, imagined thing called the zodiac this imagined belt of stars um that for some reason the ancient vedic astronomers felt was important enough to um encode so sri yukteswar says that a child is born on that day and at that hour when the celestial rays are in mathematical harmony with his individual karma. This is so interesting. At that exact moment that a soul is to come into this classroom, this earth experiment, um, there has to be a particular alignment. And the zodiac is a human invention, maybe a divine invention that was given to humans considering how, in uh, how intricate and, and deep it is. But it's that instrument that is invented to um, interpret the karma, to measure, first of all, the karma of an incarnating soul and to explain 
what that incarnation means. What is the purpose of that incarnation? What are they meant to learn? What, what is the, the unfolding of their karmic experience? So this we want to begin unraveling this great mystery of why they felt this was so important and the science behind it. We have to look at the zodiac. So the Zodiac, and I'm speaking broadly here, not necessarily about the Vedic Zodiac, but also Western Zodiac. It's a human invention to map space and to measure time. So on the one hand, it provides us with orientation um, of, 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 of uh, interestingly celestial nature. And it tracks time. In the Vedic sense, it tracks extraordinary measurements of time. Trillions of years of time that repeat endlessly. All of this is measured through the zodiac. So, you know, I have to bring this in. So my husband Piyush and I went to Mexico a few years ago and we visited Chichen Itza and we had a guide there and we're looking at this incredible measurement of the winter solstice, this pyramid in Chichen Itza. And um, um, the guide tells us, yes, they built it so that they could know when to plant corn. and. I was like, that's just impossible. <laughs> There's no way it's to track something much deeper. I mean, yes, it can be used to know when to plant corn, um, but it can understand, help us to understand who am I and how do I connect to the universe? What is my place in this universe? What is the purpose of my birth? Um, so when we're um, looking at the zodiac, it's important to mention at the outset that this is a geocentric perspective. The earth is the center of observation. And this is one of the reasons why um, scientists after Galileo really poo-pooed the subject of astrology, because it's like, you know, obviously the sun doesn't go around the earth, the earth goes around the sun. But this is not, this was not unknown, by the way, the heliocentric uh, version of observation, which which is the basis of um, modern day astrophysics, obviously. Um, they knew about it. It's just that from the perspective of astrology, this is a different way of looking and interpreting the sky. It's not necessarily to like accurately describe the physics of our solar system, but to understand its metaphysics. So the most important part of the zodiac 
is something called the pole star. The earth is anchored by a fixed star in space that is called in Sanskrit the Dhruva. It's also the 28th nakshatra or abhijit. It's the fixed point. It's the still point from which the whole um, uh, circle of stars and, and movement of planets against their backdrop is conceived. Um, the, we'll, we'll come back to the pole star in a moment. Um, in addition, there are vis-a-vis -vis the pole star, there are four cardinal points that measure the movement of planets around this um, imaginary halo that surrounds the earth, the, the, the celestial circumference of the earth. And these four points are the two equinoxes, the vernal equinox, the autumnal equinox, the summer solstice, and the winter solstice. Now, from the perspective of tropical or Western astrology, these four cardinal points never change. They're always in the same position. But what the ancient Vedic astronomers observed is something really fascinating. And this, um, this is called the precession of the equinox. And it is the um, difference between the way that the Vedic zodiac is calculated and the tropical Western zodiac is ca calculated. This is why you're a different rising sign in Western astrology than in Vedic astrology, because Vedic astrology takes into account something which is called the precession of the equinox. And precession is um, something that I think is defined best by this um, Serbian astronomer who lived in 1920. In 1920, he um, came up with something called the Milan Milankovic, I hope that I pronounced that right, Milankovic cycles. And what these cycles describe is something very interesting about the earth and its, and its um, spin. So if the earth was perpendicular, then these four points, the vernal and autumnal equinox, the um, winter and summer solstices would always remain in the same spots, same points in space. But because of something called first eccentricity, um, what eccentricity means is that the earth has gone from a circular orbit in which it was perpendicular to something called um, um, eccentric. It goes into a kind of elliptical sort of, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, orbit of the sun. 
And it's also tilted on its axis. So because of this unique spin of the earth, that North Star, the pole star, is always changing. It changes, in fact, every um, 25,920 years, the reference point of the vernal equinox. It's actually shifting backward, that point in which the sun enters the vernal equinox every year um, on April 21st or whenever it is, when is the vernal equinox? I forgot now, you guys, this is bad. I think it's April 21st. But in any case, when he enters, when the sun enters that point, according to Western astrology, that always happens in Aries. But because of this procession of the equinox, which is um, changing the position, it's like a top spinning. The earth is spinning backward. And actually, the whole solar system is all orbiting a larger solar system. So these points are shifting. And that procession of the equinox, this 25,920-year cycle, accounts for sidereal time, which is the basis of Vedic astrology and can measure um, great, great cycles called the yugas. Um, if you haven't heard my Vedic concept of time class, I would suggest that you go into the Facebook community and watch it so that you can get an understanding of just the, the immensity of time that can be calculated just by understanding this very important thing called precession. So um, the Vedic zodiac, like I mentioned, is an extension of the Earth's sphere into space. It's an imaginary extension. It's a belt of bright stars that encircles the Earth from the equator. So if you can imagine the equator extended out into space, measured by the brightest stars in the sky. Then you can understand uh, like visually what the zodiac is. So like the equator determines lines of latitude, it also determines lines of longitude. The celestial equator the extension of the equator out into space extends to corresponding points on the zodiac. This is why the exact place and time of your birth is most important. Because where you sit on the earth determines where you are connected in the imagined or the extended equator into space, how you, how you map to the zodiac, um, which in particular 
which star constellation are you connected to? So the Vedic zodiac has 27 fixed stars. 27 bright, the brightest points in the sky that are uh, part of the extension of the equator into space. And each one of those nakshatras, eternal fixed points, connects via points of longitude and latitude to points on the earth. And depending on the time, you know, the what the time of the day the earth will be shifting. So whatever uh, was what whichever one of these stars was on the eastern horizon at the time and the exact location of your birth will determine how you map your birth event maps to this larger imaginary uh, band of stars in, in space. So your rising star is that one of 27 nakshatras that was rising on the eastern horizon, as I mentioned at the time and the location of your birth. So, you know, the nakshatras are really, really at the heart and soul of Jyotisha. And in some ways, we should really begin with the nakshatras, which is a fair enough place to begin. But I'm keeping um, uh, the nakshatras for the second part of this immersion um, because they, they kind of need the foundation to be there, in my opinion but you could have easily just begun with this as well. Your rising star is the starting point of your Vedic birth chart. It is called your ascendant. So your ascendant, and here's where, um, if you have a copy of your chart, it would be really helpful. The way that you see that star or that ascendant in your Vedic birth chart is in two different ways. On the left, I have the South Indian um, style of depicting the Vedic birth chart, which is, a, a you, you have to imagine it as a kind of flattened out version of the zodiac. That that square you 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 have to sort of visualize as a, as a round circle, and your ascendant in this case this is Prince Harry, his ascendant is where he connects to that band of stars. the The chart on the right hand side is the North Indian style. There are actually other styles as well of drawing the zodiac. I am not as familiar with the Western, or sorry, the North Indian style. I prefer the South Indian style. So I will always use South Indian style. So you may find as you go deeper in this knowledge that you prefer it, or you prefer the Western wheel. It doesn't really matter. It's just a sketch. It's just a portrait 
of the way that the sky looked at the time and the location of your birth, beginning with your ascendant. So this is Prince Harry's chart. He was born on 15th September 1984 at 4.20 p.m. in Paddington, England. And we're going to learn about what these boxes mean. But here is his ascendant. So this is the first thing that I want you to observe about your chart is where is your rising sign? Now, sometimes they'll they won't put AS, they'll just put a line through the box. And that also serves to indicate the same thing that in this quadrant of the sky, there was a star rising or a star constellation rising. So what we're seeing here, you know, may not make any sense to you. It's just a, it's just a box with uh, a grid and abbreviations with degrees uh, next to it. Each one of these abbreviations depicts one of the planets in Vedic astrology, and the box just shows which section of the zodiac they occupied. So what we're going to dive into is the alchemy of your Vedic chart the three most important parts of your Vedic chart to grasp. And it doesn't matter if you're a seasoned Jyotishi and you've been studying this for a long time or you're brand new. These three things are always worth reviewing over and over again. Planets, signs, and houses. Graha, Rashi, and Bhava. Graha means planets, Rashi means signs and Bhava means houses. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. This episode is part of a three-part mini-series. To catch the whole class, see the show notes for more info. Are you curious to know what your Vedic moon sign is? Head over to VedicMoonSigns.com and get your free personalized report.